Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. This is Lori Lee, and I'm excited about our time together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our story. Today, we are back in interview land with the privilege of speaking to Becky Andrews. You may have seen her on our Instagram campaign, or you may know her from her superhuman feats of tandem biking thousands of miles around the Western U.S., running the Boston Marathon and the New York City Marathon, or you may know her as a licensed clinical mental health counselor. And while she's also a mom, a wife, a business owner, a life coach, and she has all that education to back her up, Becky is also blind. Her story is particularly powerful because in order to accomplish all I've mentioned, and much more actually, she's had to overcome fear. She's had to take a look at her story and reframe it in spaces, just as we're always talking about. Becky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Can we start out by just asking you to share a couple stories that exemplify moments in your life that you're proud of because you did overcome fear? got to go back to an experience that happened about 25 years ago. Hard to believe it's, it's been that long, but it was a time when I had that, that moment of feeling brave and afraid. And I was also a time when I felt that distinct shift in my brain on how I could, how I could make that choice and see things differently. My vision had declined at this time and I was in the process of learning to be confident with my new white cane. It was a summer morning and my husband was leaving for work. I was home with our two young children. They were still sleeping. I remember going out, sitting on the front porch, feeling a little discouraged and afraid. I wanted to take the kids on a summer outing yet also was kind of nervous to do that with my cane and vision loss. I remember sitting there on the porch feeling kind of sad for a moment about my situation. And then I had this shift and I recognized that I did, I had a choice on how I looked at this situation. I still can remember my mind shifting to gratitude. My husband had he just left for work. I had two healthy children sleeping, and the day was ahead of us. I could choose how to live this day. I was afraid, pretty afraid. I was, I, my world was closing in visually, and um, I was nervous about getting back out in the world. But I decided to pull out the cane, study the bus schedule, and plan a fun outing for the day. I reflect back on that day and realize that I not only pulled out my cane, but I pulled out courage and showed up in the world in a new way. What do you think prompted that, that change, that there you are in that really critical moment of, you know, I can feel sorry for myself or I can, you know, I can be overwhelmed with what's facing me. And then all of a sudden you just have this clarity and then the strength to back it up, to actually move forward with a, a different perception of things. I, you know, I think we juggle that, that being afraid and being brave. And in that moment, I realized that that, that desire to, 
to get out into the world was bigger than the fear. As long as it was a little bit bigger, I was going to go for it. And it, you know, it turned into this, this remarkable day, this, this day of empowerment. Even though, you know, my kids didn't know that I was being, you know, that this was testing my courage. It became really a, a day, a shift where I recognized that retinitis pigmentosa, losing my vision was going to teach me a lot. It had a lot to offer me if I would choose to show up and, and work through that fear. Sure. And don't you think that there are so many moments like that in everyone's life where you're struck by something and it's a choice. It's a choice to say, do I let the overwhelm or the fear or the, you know, whatever it is that that I'm faced with, the sorrow, whatever, um, overwhelm me and and crush and make me small? Or, or, you know, what are my other options? Do I live big? I'm sure that everyone has something like that to different degrees in their life with different situations. I think we all can relate to that, you know, on it. If we're, if we're living life fully, it's almost this daily, daily process that we, that we experience, you know, sometimes it's, it's bigger, maybe memorable experiences like that day on the porch or those times that we really felt that shift. But I think, you know, if we're daring greatly as Brene Brown talks about that we are, we're being brave and afraid each day. And so how did you keep up the momentum from that? So you have this pivotal experience where you get to write your story and you choose to do it in an empowered way. Of course, the next day, there's another chance to do it again and another the next day. How do you keep up the momentum? Why was this particular shift so powerful? Did it make all the difference for the rest of your life or was it just the first of many? You know, it was, I think it was the first of many. It was a shift and it was a victory. It was one of those times where I came home. I said, I did it. I pulled out my cane, figured out the bus schedule. I can do this. And I think each time that we experience that and say, you know, I can do this, it makes that next time a little bit easier. And even though sometimes we fall, we have to get back up, we're realizing we can do this. We can, we can do hard things. That's awesome. Do you have another story of another situation? You know, an example of a reframe. You know, I went back, got my master's degree in counseling. And I, my undergrad degree is in business. So this was a pretty, a, a big shift to go back into counseling. I had this big picture of what I wanted to do. I dreamed of opening up my own private practice at some point and, and helping others. You know, there were some difficult steps along the way. And I remember showing up to my first course as a, as a new student. And most of my colleagues had backgrounds in psychology, social work, counseling. And this, this class was an intensive hands-on counseling course. So I spent the week, times where I was the counselor and times where I was the, the client, in front of the class, we did this. And that was, that was certainly a, a scary, fearful time where I felt a little bit inadequate. What am I doing? I don't know a lot about this. And I kept 
reminding myself, you know, you can do this. You can, you can, you can learn, you can grow. And looking at the big picture, look what you want to accomplish. This is a part of that process. And I think that's now another time where I look back and think, you know, I did that. I got through that difficult course and then the next one and the next one. And I'm so grateful again that, you know, working through that, that fear can be so, so rewarding. Well, and you know, you had the fear that you mentioned of just coming in from a different background, you know, and that's almost something that anybody would have to deal with. But on top of that, you right. also had to deal with, you know, the issues of eyesight. How do you go to school and get a degree when you can't see the books and, you know, do that kind of thing? How, how do you do that? You know, it, there's a lot of persistence, determination, navigating the resources that are available advocating for oneself are all you know are all important lessons that i've learned through that process so i'd love to have you share an example of how you reframed your story with the listeners they're trying to practice the same skill and if we can see how it's done that of course helps us so an example of how you reframed your life story so that it was empowering instead of letting it keep you small but i love that question that's so important as I, as I think about that, I go back to um, receiving my first beautiful guide dog. It's been almost 20 years ago. Mm. Hard to believe because I still, I still remember that day so well, sitting at guide dogs for the blind, waiting, for my, waiting to be inter- introduced to my new partner. And um, the first walk, so... That first walk is really a time where, where I feel like it was a time where I reframed my life story. Suddenly I was walking confidently with my head held high, my new guide Doug Pantera navigating me safely along the streets of Gresham, Oregon, where I was in training. And as we were walking along those streets with my trainer by my side, doors felt like they were opening up in my life. Suddenly, instead of feeling like, oh, this is little, this feels a little scary to navigate life, I begin to visualize not only walking confidently with my guide dog, but other areas in my life where I could show up empowered and confident. Like what? What areas? Suddenly, my career. I, I visualize, you know, just how I could navigate my career as a confident career woman. It was, it was like that um, ability that shift and ability to navigate in the world expanded from not only just safely crossing the street, but in, in my life as uh, in traveling or trying a new adventure, running a marathon. It just, it shifted again and took me to a space of empowerment and the world became bigger. 
It expanded on that day when I walked with my first guide. That is so beautiful. And I'm sure the listeners want to hear a little bit about the marathon and the biking. And, you know, how do you do all of that? Not being able to see those are huge feats. How do you do it? How did you do it? Well, when I quit driving at that point, I could still certainly could still ride a bike. And so I started think we started thinking outside the box which I think is such such an important part of being resilient, being creative. You know, when plan A doesn't work, what are some other options? You know, tandem biking became an option that like, hmm, maybe I can I can try that. That that would be that would be fun. And so I tried that and, and loved it and it's become an incredible hobby that I do with my husband started out enjoying it with the kids when they were younger and the same with with running I started to hear about people that were blind or visually impaired and that were running that really intrigued me I thought wow that that sounds amazing I wonder how you do that and started you know connecting with others that were were doing it that crucial part again I think of resilience is connecting with others finding people that will help us in our journey as we give and receive and along the path quickly I found people that were willing to to teach me how to run how to do it a friend sewed me a tether was willing to be my guide and that that circle just kept growing of people that were willing to run with me yeah literally navigate the street to to tell you know to guide and then and then suddenly it was a friend saying you know I think we could run a marathon you know I think that's such an example too of how how we can lift each other you know suddenly Mm -hmm. a friend was telling me I could do something planting a dream in in my head like you know have you thought of running a marathon that's something you could do isn't it Um, interesting and amazing to see what a strong effect we have on one another for good and for ill you know i love your comments about giving and taking because i think true abundance is about both of those there can't be a giver without a receiver and there can't be a receiver without a giver. And so it's a very reciprocal sort of space. And sometimes we're the giver and sometimes we're the receiver, but it's a big part of all of our stories. So to recognize, you know, both aspects of that, to recognize the power that we have in each other's lives, that's also a really important part of our stories because it makes our stories so rich. Thank you for sharing those. I feel with your story that every day there's a new story of, <laughs> of resilience and overcoming and facing something that, you know, so many people don't have to face. You know, I have to say with that comes such remarkable experiences of kindness and goodness in the world. The other day I was walking into a convenience store that we frequently visit realized as I got to the inside that I had hurried out of the office and forgot my wallet. And the cashier, I guess, could tell that I looked a little like something was amiss. And he said, are you okay? And I said, I forgot my money. You know, I'll I'll come back later. And he said, well, let me buy your drink. That's sweet. You know, you've got a ways to walk. Let me buy your drink for you today. I thought sometimes 
with the experience of blindness or we, you know, we all have different experiences where we get the opportunity to experience such kindness and goodness from people. And I'm so grateful for that. We have an episode about random acts of kindness and, Mm. you know, him offering to do that. Just, you know, we can all give random acts of kindness and just, you know, being human, we have that opportunity every day if we pay attention. So one of the other things that you have that's so valuable to us is your professional training, um, your expertise from your professional training as a counselor and as a, a life coach and all of those skills that you have. Can you make some professional recommendations that you've learned, that you've seen your clients learn, things that you think are important that can help us live big and create stories that we're happy with. Certainly. I love the opportunity to be a part of someone's journey because we do. We each have remarkable stories. We all, you know, have experienced difficult circumstances, unexpected challenges, and heartache. You know, C.C. Scott says, so beautiful. The human spirit is stronger than anything that can happen to it. And I believe we're, we're all resilient. We're fighters. We have a desire to feel happiness, joy, and peace. And we want to thrive, not just survive. Sometimes, you know, in those difficult times, we need a coach or we need a counselor or we need a mentor to help, help us navigate and guide us through those difficult times. And one area that I really enjoy working with clients is helping them find their resilience plan. We each have different ways that help us, to keep us going, and to find our unique resilience plan. You know, there's there's some consistent resilient factors that we all need, and then to to personalize that for for each of us in our own situation. What's an example of that? What's your personal resilience plan? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so there's some factors, and maybe I can kind of share those and some of the ones that have helped helped me personally. One thing that's really important is that we have a way to articulate and process our feelings. You know, it's so important that we don't feel like we have to keep keep that, those things bottled up inside, that we have some ways that work for us of processing them. Mm, good idea. So I personally, you know, enjoy sharing my feelings, my day with some close friends, some close family members. I like to write, I like to blog, you know, I like to be active, you know, some, some things that, those are some of the things that help me process those feelings. Self-care. There's five areas of self-care that we need. Emotional, social, physical, cognitive, spiritual. Mm. And, to, and to check in on those those areas and like, you know, how am I doing? What, am I in balance? Am I in check with what in those areas? You know, ideally we want to feel like we're kind of in the flow. You know, life when when we're in that space where we're kind of losing track of time and just feeling like we're in the in the flow. So to check in with ourselves in those five areas of self care is important and and from this you can tell that for me 
being being active, running, biking, hiking are important to me, and they they fit a lot of those self care areas.、Mm. Often, you know, there's something socially. I, I feel connected. When I'm doing something active with who I'm enjoying doing with it, my body's moving. I'm outside and in nature, enjoying that. So, as I talk with clients, really getting back to what do I love? What what helps me feel nourished? How do I nurture and take care of myself? That's a great and, tool, and as, as a checklist, right? I mean,、yeah. the, the takeaway I kind of see there is, you know, use that check-in, that balance checklist to, you know, when when something's not feeling right, when you're feeling out of sorts or out of whack a little bit,、yeah. look at that checklist and see, okay, what what am I missing? What do I get to pay attention to for a little while to get back in line? Because sometimes we, you know, our lives are busy. We have a lot of people that we're checking in with. How are you doing? And so. To remind ourselves, Anita, how am I doing? Is really important. I like that, and I remember too, as you were telling your story. I remembered years ago I was working with a counselor, and it was a time that I was going through、um, and dealing with some abusive things with my second husband.、Mm-hmm. And she pointed out, she said, "You know, you are very naturally when you're in a state of where you're getting really." Beat up emotionally, that you naturally gravitate toward places that are safe for you. Because、mm-hmm. I, I was naturally going to family or friends' house or or places where I could.、Right. It wasn't conscious. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to go someplace safe now. But it was just something that I was doing. And she said, "That's great that you are programmed that way. That when things are getting a little scary, that you go someplace where you're going to be safe." Right. That always that always stuck with me. I mean, it was just a simple conversation, but it stuck with me that if we're aware of what's out of balance, then we can go to a place to get ourselves back in balance. And、yeah. that was an example of that. And such an example of if we kind of listen, we we often we know what we need, you know, or or who feels good to be around, or what what feels safe.、Mm-hmm. If we if we listen to that. Thank you for the tools. And can you can you give our listeners how, how's a good way for them to get in touch with you if they would like to talk to you about counseling or you know get a hold of your book or and anything like that? Is there a way that they could reach out to you? Certainly. So our our work website is resilientsolutionsinc.com, and on there it has a link for. The book, and also has my email, which is Becky dot LPC at gmail dot com, and also my phone number, which is eight zero one two five nine three eight eight three. Awesome,、With、thank you. <laughs> That's a lot of great information, and you know, I'll put those in the show notes too, so that people can link through real quick and have a place where they can look it up. So, you've had such a journey. I I just finished reading. Your book, Becky. It's called "Look Up, Move Forward." If you would like to, any of you would like to hear about her journey of losing her vision and finding resilience,、um, it's a great book that really chronicles her whole triumphant situation from the time that she was small up to current day, and it is quite the story of triumph. I mean, just every day having to face new and hard and and fearful things. I'm Just incredibly impressed 
Thanks so much for being with us today, Becky. Thank you. My pleasure. Don't hesitate to get a hold of Becky if you'd like to work with her or learn more about her. Have fun out there this week making stories and telling stories, but also reviewing your own story. Maybe taking a look at your balance and checking in with yourself to see where you might need to make some adjustments so you can create your very best story. Remember, we'd love to hear from you. So go to the website at www.loveyourstorypodcast.com and there's a contact us page. You can either comment on the individual podcasts or you can share your stories and ideas on the contact us page and maybe we'll use them in a podcast. See you next week on the next episode of Love Your Story. Thank you.